0: Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Let's pray. Lord, we come to your house this morning. It's exciting to be in your house, to be together, to worship you. It's been a week. It's good to be back in your house. It's good to take pause to worship you, to be gathered together. Let us not take that lightly. We didn't come to fill a pew or to sit for an hour to check off a box, but rather to worship the Lord God Almighty. And so, Lord, as we come today, may that be a reminder in our life this is a special place this is a sanctuary that no matter what the week looked like we come and we're reminded that you are a good and mighty God in our trials, in our victories in our struggles we return here because this is where we place our faith in our life And our love, it comes from you. And so, Lord, as we worship you today, I pray that that would be on our hearts. That we would be thankful. Thankful to be together. Thankful to be sitting next to our friends, our family. But most of all, thankful for Jesus and the reason that we're here. You're a good God. You're good to us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. The scripture this morning is out of Second Corinthians 9. And if you had a chance to read, I, I apologize, I should have probably had you just read 8 and 9. So if you have a chance to go back this week and you want to get the whole story on this uh, passage, I'm going to share a little bit. But, um, but Paul's talking to the Corinthian church about giving and giving of themselves. I pulled a piece out, but uh, I would encourage you to read 8 and 9. The the top of mind says, generosity encouraged. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, in all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. For as it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge your harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. May God's word be a light to our feet as we continue singing. Lord, we offer these prayers and praises to you this morning as we watch and wait for you to work so much around us. Calm our hearts, quiet us, even now that we would hear your voice through Paul's words this morning. Remind us of what kind of giving people you desire for us to be. In your name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Maybe a children if you want. If you want to run, you can be a children, I guess. If you want to what? You want to rock? Join the praise band. I think that's the. <laughs> so in week, we're in week number three, of uh, of our tithing series, our giving series, and uh, we have been talking for the last two weeks, and I. I, I just reiterate all this because I, I want people to understand why we're where we're at. Um, been, I've been here 15 years, had not heard a sermon on tithing uh, at all, and I felt like there was another generation, a next group of people uh, who were becoming adults who need to understand the discipline of tithing. Um, I think all too often churches don't talk about tithing until there's a problem, and then they, they get in panic mode. And people aren't giving the way they should. And uh, so people, the church gets in a panic mode and says, well, we're going to talk about tithing to remind people to give. Well, I'm thankful when I asked the deacons this summer, I'm thankful that I had the opportunity to, to say, we can come from a, a different perspective, a perspective that says things are good and we want to keep them good and we want to understand that the discipline of tithing isn't to fill the, the offering plates, but rather to help us with the discipline of understanding that what we have is God's. And giving him back what we have is natural and normal and should be good. And what we heard today in this scripture, it should be cheerful. We should be excited and happy to give. Not from a perspective that says, I'm going to begrudgingly give what's in my pocket and I'm Ugh, I could have went to Pizza Hut instead, right? Not, not that attitude, but an attitude that says, I'm going to give God what is His. It's His. Remember the first week we talked about giving God His due, what He deserved in the Old Testament, the, the idea of tithing. And now we're in the New Testament, um, which does not say tithing or 10%. That's not a New Testament uh, perspective. Because it's bigger, like I told you last week, it's give it all. In, in the new perspective in the new testament and so when we understand that that tithing is uh, or giving is what we are required to do and not only the gifts of money or financial gifts yesterday we had work day and and that was gifts of i have the ability to haul wood or cut wood i have the ability uh, to weed whack or clean out closets all those things that happened yesterday, put up the electric stuff. Um, those are good and, and gifts. And I want to encourage you um, that if you don't know what your gifts are, or you're not sure what God's gifts have ge- he has given you, come see me. Let's talk about it. Let's sit down and share together about, in your life and understand what God, because everyone has gifts. Understand that. If you want to know how you can use those gifts for the kingdom, come see me. If you want some direction, I'd love to talk to you. If you're looking for an excuse not to use them, don't talk to me. Because I'm going to have a hard time finding an excuse for you not to use the gifts you have. We all have gifts. Scripture in uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians says, There are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit. And there are a variety of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. If you don't know what your gifts are, it's on you. It's on you. Let me give you an example. And I didn't ask for permission, to, to, so I won't give his name. I had a really cool opportunity this spring. I had a, uh, we were getting ready to start softball season, and I had a guy come up to me, and he says, hey, do you need a scorekeeper? And I was like, yeah, we always need a scorekeeper. I hate scorekeeping. And I didn't know what that would turn out to be, right? And so week one he comes, and Spend some time with the guys. And we had, I don't know, I think we had eight guys under 24 this year. We had a big group, a lot of young guys. And all I expected out of him was a scorekeeper. Well, he said, Hey, I'm going to learn these guys' names. I'm going to get their phone numbers. I'm going to text them. And then, second week, he comes, he comes with, Hey, I'm going to figure out their stats. And I'm going to make sure you have the stats for every game. So every week, I got the stats. I got a copy of how well we did, who did the best, how I can move things around, and he and he came to the game faithfully. He came to the game, and he didn't just sit there keeping score. He encouraged these young men, and to me, that's a gift. And every game he was there, except when he had surgery. That was the only time I think he wasn't allowed to be there. He came and mowed the field one day. And I got to the end of the season and I realized that what he asked was this. Can I have an opportunity to serve God in an area that I absolutely love? Now, I'm not sure he even knew that when he started. But what we saw at the end of the year was, I love these young men and I want to encourage these young men. I want to meet with these young men. I want to know their name and I want to be able to share life with them. Because I can't play softball, but what I have to offer is wisdom and encouragement. Sharing our gifts. There are no excuses. When we refuse to share our gifts, we're being lazy. That may sound a bit harsh, but that's the reality. God, give us gifts. Are you willing to sow the gifts you have? Paul says to the Corinthian church, I was through here and we have uh, some people. We have a church that's, that's hungry, they need, they need finances, they need to be helped out. And if we understand, Paul says, if you go back to chapter 8, if you understand that you're a part of something much bigger than Greenfield, if the Corinthian church understood they were much bigger than just their church, that they had a responsibility to give because God had blessed them with things to give, and so Paul's saying, Remember last year, I told you I was going to take up this offering. They didn't have PayPal then. So, you know, he had to wait until he went back there, until he got back. And he said, Hey, I'm, I'm sending you a letter to let you know. You promised that you would uh, be involved in other ministries, that you would be involved to help other people who don't have. You live, you live in this metropolitan, and there you have ways to make uh, money. And what I'm asking you to do is share in the wealth that I have that God has given you. And that's what he's calling us to do. I probably have said it multiple times. But do you understand that you're in the top 2 to 3% of the world if you have a bank account? Even if your bank account has 2 to 3 dollars in it. Think about that for a minute. You're in the top 2 to 3% in the world if you have a bank account. Just let that marinate in your head. We are called to give back to God what is His in the first place. This morning's passage is about sowing seeds. He says, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. But who sows generously will reap generously. Think about this. We usually think if you're going to reap what you sow as a negative, right? We always, when we hear that comment, we think if you're going to cause trouble, you're going to get what you get, right? Keep picking on someone and you're going to get one right in the nose. And we think of that reaping and sowing. You're going to reap what you sow. If you're going to sow problems to someone else, you're going to reap those problems. But I want you to think about it just a little bit differently today. I spent a whole week this past week with a group of men, nine men, uh, uh, and it's a group called Iron Man Outdoors. And I just want to encourage you, if you don't know what that is, and you're a guy and you like to hunt and you like to be with Christian brothers uh, while hunting, uh, it's it's actually a retreat slash hunt. And I got to spend a whole week with uh, eight other men uh, and we got to share our faith. And we were all in different walks of life. Not, it's not all pastors. I, I was the only pastor there. Uh, but it, was, it wasn't only just sharing our life, but it was also sharing our life and our faith with the guides. We were at a secular, uh, we were at a guide uh, place where the, guys, uh, where the guides didn't have faith. And we got to share that during the week. And, and they were involved in some of our talks. And I got to spend a whole week just, just being with other men encouraging other men, trying to enjoy the outdoors and being reminded of where God had been working and is working in our lives. We were out there, and we were out. Most of the fields looked beautiful. Uh, If you've ever been to Missouri, there's a lot of fields, a lot of fields. If you think there's a lot of fields, there's a lot more fields. They just keep going and going and going. But we came to a couple fields that looked a lot like this. And I couldn't help but think, if I want my field to look luscious and green and to grow and to get a good crop, to yield a good crop from that, gar- that field, I've got to plant enough seeds to fill in the rows. If I barely put enough seeds, I'm going to get what kind of crop out of this? That's what Paul is telling the Corinthian church and it's what he's telling us. If you barely sow enough seeds, you're going to reap what? Not much. When we sow seeds, sow them generously. Why? Because you will reap them generously. Francis Chan said this morning, the one difference between uh, most Christians is that we have this great theology, but we don't live out that theology. We talk about being different, but if we ask ourselves and we're honest with ourselves, we're more concerned about the bottom line. And that's the challenge for me and the challenge for you, uh, and what I got from Francis Chan's message, even in just a couple minutes, that we're called to be different. To look different. To sow those seeds of faith and then live them out. I'm convinced of this. If you pray for an opportunity, God will put an opportunity in your path. That is almost, I guarantee that he will give you an opportunity. I told you the first week that I had um, had an opportunity and it was an Ironman opportunity. What happened was uh, I was going to go to this hunt and I know the guide really well. And the guide said, you can come out for free. So I was going to go last week for free. Uh, they, they didn't. no one needed any money from me. They said, just show up. We've, we've known you long enough. We know you're coming to do ministry. Do it for free. And, I was, and I, was being thank, I was feeling pretty thankful about that. I was like, yeah, that's really cool. I get to go out and hunt for free. Uh, I'm going to go give my week, right? I'm going to give my time, but I'm going to hunt it for free. And I thought, man, everybody else has to pay. If someone were to come up and say they needed a spot, I probably should pay. And I'm, I'm rolling this through my head, right? probably should pay for that spot. If I can get someone to go with me and ride in my truck, maybe I'll pay for that spot. And I'm just mulling this over, right? I'm thinking this through. And don't I get a, a, a text? Hey, are you coming? This is from the Iron Man. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning on coming. Why? A guy just lost his son unexpectedly. And him and his buddy aren't coming. They're not able to make the trip, and I have to give them a refund. Now, as this is an mi- Iron Man ministry that goes pen, you know, hand to hand. They aren't making money. They're not interested in making money. And he said, we're about to lose money on this retreat. Would you be willing to pay for your spot to make sure we at least make ends meet? Yeah, I said, Yeah. And then I thought to myself, but I was going to get it for free. Right? I had, this, I had this trip for free. and I was pretty excited about free. He says, but are you coming? I said, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm trying to clear my schedule. And then I realized that light bulb, when you ask God for uh, an opportunity, he's going to give you an opportunity. And there's that scripture that says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand was doing. Right? And I thought, here it is. You need to send your $600 now. Now text them back. Find out how to get rid of that money as fast as you can and do it before you get even a thought in your head that you might not. And that's what I had to do. I literally was like, all right, how do I do this? Get online, boom, done in 10 minutes. Because I knew I knew in my heart that that was what I needed to do. I needed to do that. I knew that ahead of time. And then God said it right out there and said, okay, put your money where your mouth is. Do you really believe you want this ministry to be uh, successful? Do you want them to lose money and not do this anymore? Or are you going to stand up for your faith, even when it costs you and it shouldn't? What a blessing it was to be involved in a ministry where I watched men who some are struggling with their marriages, some are struggling with, uh, with just life, some are just struggling to walk the faith, not unlike any of us, the same. But to have a place where they can go and share that in a group because men, were not real good at it fact, wait, we're awful at it, right? No man is an island and yet we like to be an island. And the ministry, the one thing I love about the ministry is that they say, you know, when we come and sit down and talk, we're gonna take our camo off. We're gonna take our camo off and be real. And our guide sat in on our conversation when we talked about what was your relationship with your dad, And he sobbed as he told us his story. Now, he didn't come back after that night to sit in anymore because I don't think he could handle being sharing all of that. We had another guide I'd never met before who's 100 days clean from prescription meds. And one of the leaders got to spend an hour talking to him, sharing with him, and praying with him during the week. Those were not set up, not planned, no one had any, and the other guide grew up in the church and said, I'm, I'm not right with God. And he wanted to leave it at that. But they challenged him, encouraged him to get his life in order. If you don't like what you're reaping, you better change what you've been sowing. I'm way behind. We're gonna hurry up. Mm. Turn it in another gear. Verse 7 says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, but because God loves a cheerful giver. And I have to ask you this question. When, when When you offer yourself, whether it's through the offering plate, through your time, through your energy, through a phone call, through an email or a card, are you able to do it cheerfully? Think about a young person. I can think of my kids Uh, One child made, I think it was Sarah, our youngest, made this meal at about four or five. And it had green in it. It had all these things. And she was going to make dad some food. And I'll tell you what, it was the last thing in the world I wanted to eat. But when she came with that plate, she was so proud and excited to give it. That I couldn't refuse her. And we know that when our kids bring things home, one of the most treasured things we have in our house right now is a, a two footprints or handprints of our granddaughter. Handprints of our granddaughter. I was going to bring it. I forgot to bring it. Of our, da- our granddaughter who, who mom, grandma got in, uh, for Mother's Day. It's this crazy little picture that's two little handprints and I don't remember even what it says, but it says Love Lumina on the bottom. And it's all about what we can give. Our attitude, our attitude is everything. And so I'll challenge you if you're not a cheerful giver, to ask yourself, why am I not a cheerful giver? What am I struggling to give of? And maybe I need to get right with God in that area. Maybe I don't want to give of my hour. Maybe I don't want to be on a board because it's going to cost me some time. Maybe, I I don't know, maybe I don't want to mow the lawn or clean the leaves out of the cemetery. Maybe I don't want to share my faith at Christmas with my unbelieving. Maybe I don't want to go the extra mile with my family and friends. Maybe I don't want to change. I want to do what I want to do. The challenge is to find a way to be cheerful when we give and not to hold on so tight. We'll talk about that in a minute. Third verse that really stuck out to me is this one. It says, You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Let me tell you that this is not the health and wealth gospel that some would want you to believe. And if you don't know what that is, the health and prosperity gospel. If you give God, He'll give. He's going to give you so much more back, right? And we've heard. If you watch TV long enough, you'll hear those pastors who say, "Yeah, that's what the Scripture says." Now, let me explain uh, uh, my part in that. I absolutely believe that if you give faithfully, God will give you in return. But here's the piece that changes. It's not about how much you end up filling your coffers with. If God blesses you with more, for one reason and one reason alone, so you can give it back, exactly. If he blesses you abundantly, your generosity should be back towards God's people. It's not about how much we fill our pockets full or he who dies with the most toys. It's about generosity. And so that's where the health and wealth gospel, to me, really takes a, a, a bad turn. If your pockets are full, it's for one reason, because he gave give it to you to give it away. There's a great story in Acts chapter 4 and 5. It's the beginning of the church, and the church is a little bit different then than it is now. It would be like we all had a commune. We, had a, we all hung out together. We did everything together. And in chapter 4, they talk about a guy who sold his property and gave it all. He gave all that money. and So the whole the understanding was if you were a part of that church, you, you gave everything to that church, and that would be distributed amongst the people. And there was a couple... Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. Love for you to read it. It says they sold their property. And they gave most of it to the church. But it says that they both knew beforehand that they would be holding back something. I don't even know what they held Held back doesn't tell us what they held back or how much or what percent. It doesn't matter. The understanding was that if you did that, you would be selling it for the betterment of the church, the good. They held it back. and When they ran into Peter, he knew. I don't know how he knew. I don't know whether God told him. I don't know whether he heard the story and he knew what was in the, I don't know. But end up costing them their lives for lying to God's people. For not for saying one thing and doing another. And I wonder how many times we get in those spots where we we know we are called to give A. And we want to give B. We have a lamb with no blemish. But this one has a messed up hoof. I'll just give that one. Because at the end of the day, it's just a sacrifice, right? It doesn't really matter. It's my attitude in it, my heart. We are called to give and give to others. The scriptures. A verse we didn't actually read this morning, but I want to give it to you. It says, as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them. And all believers will pr- prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. That's why Paul is asking them to give. Your ministry is that God will get the glory. When we give, how willing are you to sow what God has given you? Jesus went to the cross for the glory of God. What was required of Jesus? His life. obedience to the good news of the gospel. Jesus went to the cross because he knew that was what was required of him. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty big uh, requirement. Pretty generous to give of your own life. And for those of you who think, well, Jesus knew what was going to happen. I do believe that he had a sense of what was going to happen. Matthew 25 shows that situation. It also says that he understands what's going to happen and what he's going to have to do. And yet in his humanness, he says, I don't want to do this, but if it's your will, I will. And I love that, that passage, that chapter, because I, it means so much to me. To understand that even in Jesus' perfection, he he understood what he was going to go through and that humanness showed in that moment. He prayed in Gethsemane that God might make a different plan and yet if he didn't, I'm willing and ready to go. And when he gets done praying, he says, look, my betrayer is here. Knowing full well what he was going to walk into. And I know full well that I went the other way. And so giving him material things doesn't seem all that big of a deal when I hold that in reflection of Jesus giving his life for me, taking it to the cross, being beaten mocked, scourged to the point of they didn't even know who he was. I'll ask you one more time, how willing are you to sow? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word this morning. I thank you, Lord, that we come to your, this opportunity which is not only a discipline, but a privilege to give. Lord, we have an opportunity to give and be cheerful about it. Give us that joy and understanding that when we make that decision to give, whether it's of our life To you, whether it's of our material things, whatever it is, whatever you've put in front of us, may we be followers that recognize the discipline in our own lives. In your name we pray. Amen.